Welcome to this special episode of Yesterday's Capers. In this episode, I'll be talking to content creator and host of the podcast Old School Late, Patricia Miranda. We talk about how she got started with her podcast, and naturally, we talk cartoons. This was a really fun chat, and I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Patricia. And I enjoyed talking about Sailor Moon, Hey Arnold, and As Told by Ginger again. And I'm sure you will too. So without further ado, here it is. I'm delighted to say that joining me is Patricia Miranda, who is a podcaster, content creator, and she has her own podcast all about As Told by Ginger called We're In Between. Hey, Patricia, how's it going? I'm doing very well, thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you for reaching out to me. And uh, I just wanted to kind of ask, like, did you listen to the podcast in full? And were you, once you kind of saw that there was a, another podcast about As Told by Ginger, were you kind of anticipating that maybe someone might mention we're in between or? To be quite honest, no. <laughs> Um, most people don't really know about our podcast, uh, the, the podcast that uh, Casey Reed, Ashley Wittenkeller, and myself did um, almost three years ago. No, it's been about three years since we did it because we did it back in 2017. But no, I mean, whenever people talk about As Told by Ginger, they just talk about that, you know, it was a show that aired on Nickelodeon. But no, they've never referred to the We're In Between podcast or the Vice article that you and Paul talked about on the show. No, never. I mean, I was quite surprised when I listened to it. It's like, oh, wow, somebody actually, you know, know that we existed. <laughs> no, I'm because um, obviously, as we were kind of talking about prior was um, as told by Ginger wasn't necessarily a show that I was like I knew a great deal about. And so obviously before every show for, for my podcast, what I kind of want to do is do as much background research on the show if there was like any articles about the show that would kind of give an analysis or even a, a, an opinion. So I came across the the Vice article and I read that and I'm like, whoa, is this show that deep? I just thought, is it not just about cartoons and, and what have you? But I'm reading that and then I'm obviously reading about you guys and, and we're in between. And I think some of the things that you had to say about the show was was really, really good. And it kind of it reflected when I was watching the show so I can I could see what you was talking about and I could see how it it was such a, a a show that kind of that people would watch and would um would resonate with and could could relate to and they yeah. were dealing with a lot of issues that you know girls would deal with in school and like even boys the whole idea of like growing up in that sort of middle school slash high school I think for you guys here yeah. in the UK we're just lumped in from seventh grade to 11th is like high school for us so we don't even have a middle school we don't yeah. even have a junior high or a, a, a or a, ju- or a junior high or middle middle school here yeah. in, in England so that was quite a an interesting thing about your um your kind of article and what you were saying about as told by ginger yeah it, it, the general consensus for a lot of people is that most of them probably didn't watch as told by ginger when it first came out uh, probably due to multiple reasons one of which yeah. um they don't like the classy chupo style of drawing 
Uh, you know, because Gabor Chupo is of Hungarian descent and a lot of the animators and the artists, they come from that European background and they would draw their characters in a very unique way. I want to say it. I don't want to be the one billionth person who says, oh, the, the animation is gross and ugly and it scares <laughs> me and it gives me nightmares. I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't but, think it's bad. I think but, it's all right. Like <laughs> a lot of people, there are a lot of people. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, when when we did uh, when I did Ice Told by Ginger Month, which was a precursor to We're in Between, uh, it was back in 2015 when it was celebrating its 15th anniversary, uh-huh. and a lot of people were saying that the one of the main reasons why they didn't watch Ice Told by Ginger was because they just couldn't stand the fact that their heads were just so huge and the lips were all the way down to their chin. I mean, there were people who little, literally did not watch the show because of that. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy because, um, like, for me, like, if I think of Klasky Supo, I think Rugrats, I think Wild Thornberrys, and even, like, a little bit when he did The Simpsons. And I was, like... Yeah. For me, it was it was fine. I didn't think, oh... They look weird, or I mean, you can tell it is a classy super cartoon. It is. I, I we like like Paul and I picked up picked out some few kind of characteristics that kind of made it stand out. But it wasn't like looked at him for oh, like oh, it, it doesn't look right or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, I, I, was... I think that I think it depends on the generation that grew up with it. Like if you have a generation that never saw a Klasky Chupo program when they were growing up and then they look back on it, they'll be like, wow, that looks really weird. Like their heads are, why are their heads so lumpy and why are their mouths all the way down to their chin? I think that like, you know, especially with um, the newer generation, they might look at it. It's like, oh wow, that's really weird. And I think that for um, even artists, people who are going into the art industry and they're familiar with a certain art style because i mean art styles and art designs they change every generation there's this amazing guy on youtube by the name of harry partridge otherwise known as happy harry he did this great um you know showcase of different animation styles from each decade where he drew from like you know all the way from like the 20s to the 30s to the 40s all the way up until today and you can tell that it's you know each of them are very different like the smiles and the the way the eyes look and everything just it just goes to show you how each generation of animation is just completely different than the previous one. Um, I think that maybe for the younger generation, they just didn't care for it. Um, but another reason why they didn't was because, um, let's be honest, when it comes to Klasky Chupo, you know them for Rugrats or for Aurel Monsters or Rocket Power or Wild Thornberries or for All Grown Up. But as told by Ginger is not one that immediately pops into your head because uh, I, I mentioned this before that I, you know, Klasky Chupo Nicktoons have a, an appeal for some people. Like Rugrats is more for the general audience. That's why I think it became a massive hit because both boys and girls could watch it in a time in which like, you know, cartoons were divided between like, you know, boys could watch this cartoon and girls could watch this cartoon. Like we, we've completely changed since then. And, uh, you know, all real monsters, uh, you know, they're, they're for the people who like the gross out stuff and like creepy monsters and uh, wild thornberries for people who like nature or rocket power who were into skateboarding. So they appeal to a certain audience. And the fact that, um, you know, we had slice of life cartoons such as Doug and Hey Arnold and uh, even, I guess, slightly to an extent, rocket power, that they were about, you know, kids, as told by Ginger, was more focused on teenagers and at a time that, 
you know, Nickelodeon was known for the kids network. Maybe teenagers uh, were kind of like outgrown Nickelodeon at that time. I, I was when it, you know, uh, I only saw like a handful of shows at, when it came out. Like I saw that. I saw Caitlin's Way. I saw Taina. I didn't really see too much of the Nicktoons. But um, I think that the kids who were watching it, the ones that they were probably marketing towards, they didn't really understand it. It's a show that you don't really get when you watch it the first time. So if we kind of start from the beginning. All right. And uh, yeah, if you just want to tell listeners who you are, what you're about, and uh, how you got to being a content creator. Sure. Uh, my name is Patricia Miranda. I am the co-founder of a blog and YouTube channel named Old School Lane. I've been doing it since December of 2011. And uh, we started off doing blogs on our website. We did the Nickelodeon tribute back in June of 2012, where we looked back on every single Nickelodeon show that ever came out. And I watched everything from Pinwheel, America Goes Bananas, to uh, I think I reached up to the point of 2007 or 8 where I was just kind of like burned out. I just want to, you know, take a break and focus on some other stuff. I started posting some stuff on YouTube like around 2013. That's when I started posting up my podcast, which is called Casual Chats where we talk about various topics from movies, TV shows, video games, a whole bunch of things. And we also interview a whole bunch of guests on the shows. We've interviewed people such as uh, voice actors, writers, authors, show creators. I've interviewed close to 100 people. Uh, everybody from, uh, you know, voice actors such as uh, Candy Milo and Kira Buckland and even some of the voice actors from As Told by Ginger when I was doing were in between with Casey and Ashley. Uh, I Yeah, I've even interviewed people who were writing books such as uh, Matthew Clickstein who wrote the book Sick Little Monkey, um, no, um, Slimed, An Oral History of uh, Nickelodeon's Golden Age. Thad Komorowski wrote Sick Little Monkeys, An Unauthorized Red and Stimpy Story. Uh, Cassine Gaines, who wrote uh, Inside Pee-wee's Playhouse, uh, A Christmas Story, Behind the Scenes of a Holiday Classic, uh, We Don't Need Rose, The Making of Back to the Future, and uh, The Search for the Crystal Skull. I mean, no, the, what was it? The Search for the um, uh, Crystal Skull. Yeah, the Search for the Crystal Skull. Uh, and uh, then there was also uh, other show creators. I, I've interviewed uh, Craig Bartlett, the creator of Hey Arnold. I've interviewed him twice. Nice. Yeah, it was quite an achievement, that's for sure. Uh, I've interviewed um, Mitchell Kriegman, the creator of Angry Beavers. Uh, uh, no, wait, uh, Clarissa explains it all. Uh, Mitch Shower created Angry Beavers, sorry. Uh, and, you know, I've interviewed, like, so many other people over the years. Uh, just recently on the show I interviewed back in last December was uh, Kathy Westluck and Andrew Francis, very well-known Canadian voice actors who you may know for doing stuff such as um, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic or um, uh, a whole bunch of other shows. But I had them over to discuss about Cyber Six in honor of its 20th anniversary. But yeah, uh, I've uh, done a whole bunch of other things. I've done analysis videos discussing about uh, various shows I did. Uh, probably the, the the ones that you probably know me for, if you look online, is um, the history of Hey Arnold, the Jungle movie, What Makes Us Told by Ginger, a groundbreaking yet overlooked Nicktoon, Is Disney's Doug Really That Bad? And, um, you know, a few others. So 
and in addition to the other podcasts that I do besides casual chats and we're in between, which uh, we completed a few years ago. I'm also known for doing uh, Pixmix, mix, uh, which is looking back on every single Pixar film, dream machine, looking back on every single DreamWorks film, the roll doll retrospective, looking at every single um, movie or TV movie adaptation based off of the author roll doll. And I'm also the co-host of the Aaron Meta show and live and wired with Decker shadow and that long hair, creepy guy. So I do a lot of stuff. Yeah, quite. And um, I'm like listening to some of those names that you've interviewed. I'm like just in awe, like, how did you get the creator of Hey Arnold? Well, that was a very long story. So how'd you manage that one? Okay. (laughs) Well, it all started back around 2012 when I was just starting the uh, Nickelodeon tribute on um, my uh, blog. I was originally supposed to get him uh, for a blog interview because that's what I was doing at the time. I had already, I was, you know, going to be covering Hey Arnold. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I, you know, talk to Craig Bartlett about, uh, you know, doing Hey Arnold stuff. And I had gotten a hold of Justin Shankaro, the voice of Harold Berman, uh, ben Diskin, who was the second voice of Eugene, and Andy McAfee, who is the voice of Phoebe. I gotten a hold of them, but I didn't get a hold of Craig. So I thought, okay, well, those three, those three are great. Uh, I'll just use them instead, and maybe Craig, uh, I'll get him some other time. But then I started focusing more on podcasts, and then about a year and a half after I wrote my message and Craig was like, Oh yeah, sure. When do you want to meet? And so that was when my co-host and my, the co-founder of old school lane, Kevin Guglielmo and I, that's when we interviewed him and we talked about, Hey Arnold. And we talked about back then when we were wondering about like, Oh, well, when's the, you know, any news about the jungle movie? When is that coming out? And he's like, I don't know. I'm currently working on PBS with dinosaur train and ready jet go. And so then there was talks about, the Skyrat pilot that Craig Bartlett was going to be working on, but that was scrapped in favor of the Jungle movie because of fan demand. They wanted it so badly. And you can check out my video on the history of Handle the Jungle movie for more details. And then about, um, I would say almost two years ago, when the Hey Arnold Complete Collection was released, I had Craig on again, and you know I helped talk about the uh, upcoming collection. And that was when the jungle movie came out. So I discussed to him about that. And yeah, it was just a matter of like, you know, being respectable with writing to people that you grew up with. Like, you know, they have websites that you can be able to like put down contact information, like, uh, you know, their agent's email or their manager's email or um, even their own personal email. Sometimes they don't respond back to you. Sometimes they decline. And sometimes they would be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, When can we do it? And that's when we set up the time and I get my questions ready. And then um, then I basically just, uh, you know, record and post it up there. Um, more recently, you know, in addition for me looking up the people, I have somebody named Liam Higgins who helps me get a hold of some people for the show. Uh, for example, he's gotten a hold of at least two people for me. I need to um, edit those and post it up. But, you know, he's also been a help and he's a, you know, he does great service for those who are interested in that. And so, yeah, that's how I get a hold of some of the people that I've had on the show. I mean, if he if he came back for another interview, that means you were really good. Like he he must really like you. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's a. I mean, if that would be the case, I mean, if that yeah, that would be yeah, absolutely, that would be amazing. 
Um, you know, I, there are a few people that I've gotten a hold of like two or three times, like, um, Jim Jenkins, the creator of Doug, I've interviewed him twice. Uh, Paul Germain, I've had him on my podcast at least three separate times. Um, you know, and, uh, even for, you know, the people from we're in between, uh, you know, I've had some of them twice or even three times on the show for different reasons. So, uh, yeah, it's all about being respectable. It's all about, um, you know, knowing that these are regular people. I mean, I know that they did something that you as a child were like, oh man, you know, they, they meant a lot to me. And they did this thing that I grew up with and it's, and it's amazing. And you know, they're, they're above me. It's like, no, no, they're not. They're just regular people. And this is what they do for their work. It's, you just treat them normally. I mean, you can be nervous. Absolutely. When like, what, for example, when I first started doing this, my first, you know, um, interview was with Mark Summers, the host of Double Dare. And I was nervous, like really, really nervous. But then as time went on, when I started speaking to him, and then he told this really good story about like when he was 15 years old, he got a hold of his idol. Well, the, you know, person that he looked up to the most, uh, Johnny Carson. Uh, for those who don't know, Johnny Carson was a late night talk show host. I mean, he pretty much like kickstarted the careers of like, you know, David Letterman and Jay Leno and uh, Conan O'Brien and all those people. He was the originator. So he got his tape recorder and he was like stumbling and he was asking his questions. And then it taught him a very valuable lesson about like, um, if you, um, are appearing nervous, then, you know, the, the people who you're interviewing are going to like not take you as seriously. So you want to be able to just calm yourself down, keep yourself well composed, and then just, you know, speak to them if they were just, talking to anybody else. And, you know, as long as you keep a respectable and professional uh, persona, then they will treat you the same way. And who knows, maybe you will get offered a second or third time to be um, a guest on your show or even something else. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. And in terms of old school lane and your podcasting, so where did you get the idea to even start that from the beginning well it was 2011 it was the great recession nobody had work and kevin and i were just like really depressed and we didn't know what to do with ourselves so we were like hey you just want to do something together and he was like yeah sure and that's when we started doing our blogs. That's when we started doing uh, casual chats where we just, you know, talked about various topics. Nowadays, he's not doing it as much anymore because, um, you know, he's married now and, you know, he's a lot more stable. Uh, but I decided that I wanted to continue on because I had a good time with it. And, you know, about a month after we, you know, started Old School Lane, we became associated with a website known as Manic Expression. And we know a lot of friends and colleagues who are from there and we invite them on the show to talk about various things. So, yeah, I mean, we've been, you know, doing this for almost nine years now. So it's amazing how far we've come since then. Definitely. And when you kind of came up, with with the idea was 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 what was part of it because when I started my podcast my kind of thing was is there anything out there that is similar because when I was kind of thinking of ideas of even doing a podcast it was always a case of I kind of wanted to do something that was gonna stand out from from the rest and was that something that you were thought about when once you started old school lane and then moving on to like different various topics like hey arnold the junk 
the jungle movie and as told by ginger and many many you other... know the reason why i did it was because i just wanted to talk about something that i personally uh enjoy i i remember when i first started doing the nickelodeon tribute back in 2012 uh, I was I was I, I was actually curious about like looking up. It's like, did anybody else do this? And not really. They never looked back on every single show. So I thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun if I looked back on every single show and see, you know, how well it holds up? And um, yeah, so starting back around, you know, um, January of 2011, that's when I started, you know, looking at every single. Um, you know, show that was available on either YouTube or Vimeo or any of those places. And back then there was like, they were non-existent, like trying to look for pinwheel, for example, was like incredibly hard. Like there was like maybe like two or three clips of pinwheel scattered around. But nowadays you can get like six hour marathons of pinwheel. It's amazing. Yeah. We just had to deal with like the limitations of what we had back then. So, uh, you know, like certain shows weren't even out on DVD or, um, you know, like they were like region locked or something like that. But now they're a lot more available, like even shows that we never thought would even come back have been brought out. Like when we were doing Danger Mouse, Count Duckula and the Mysterious Cities of Gold, like uh, we didn't know that a few years later there would be like reboots of it. Well, yeah, I mean we because we did an episode on uh danger mouse as well and they were all pretty much on youtube so they were quite easily accessible in that in that respect for us yeah like back then i couldn't find it like it was really hard i guess maybe i don't know if maybe i don't know if it was a, an american thing that we didn't have a lot of it like on youtube or something but yeah, like I tried looking for like classic episodes and there were some that I did find, but then there were others that were difficult. Um, other ones that were like really difficult to find, like, um, you know, try looking for like Alex Mack or Shelby Wu or anything like that. Now they've all been released on DVD, which makes it a lot easier. So um, I was essentially like doing something that I enjoyed. Like old school lane has always been about like, you know, people gathering together and just talking about things that we enjoy talking about. And hopefully people would even enjoy listening. And that was even uh, if they were even remotely there. Like, you know, when we were starting out, there was like pretty much little to no views. And we were just doing it just for our enjoyment. And then uh, a few years later, you know, thanks to uh, various things such as signing up for Channel Fritterator and, you know, even, um, you know, some of the people that I've interviewed and even, you know, um, for, for an extent like, uh, you know, people such as like... Uh, you know, uh, Toonrific Tariq and Saber Spark and all those people they, you know, that I've had on the show or that I've, you know, kind of helped out in some way. Um, you know, they would say about like, oh, you know, check out Old School Lane, you know, and, you know, check out this stuff. And, you know, that kind of helped me out a little bit. So, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it basically for those who are just starting out and you're afraid that, oh, you know, you're never going to go far or anything like that. I just want to give an advice that, um, you just keep on going, you know, it, you know, you go consistently and someday you will find your audience. You know what? It's crazy. Cause two things. One is that I wish I met you this time last year. Cause it was literally this time last year when I was drawing up the, the plans for starting a podcast. And secondly, I think that in terms of content, I think there's a lot of similarities in what you and I do. And I'm just thinking, like, this is awesome. Like, I'm I'm listening to you, and they're saying that you know you've done shows like Count Duckula, Danger Mouse, as a show that we've done. Obviously, as told by Ginger, which was like the episode a, 
a couple of weeks ago. So I'm just thinking, oh, this is this is awesome. There is a there is someone out there who's got a similar-ish podcast, and it's kind of still going strong to this day. So it kind of gives me yeah, yeah, not knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it gives me like the whole hope that I can carry on doing this. And there is, I've I've kind of learned, especially recently, that there is an audience and especially if someone is noticing it and they saying, oh I listened to this and I thought it was great it could just be one person it can be two people four or five people if I'm getting through to like one person then I kind of know that it's working and now that I'm hearing that there is someone out there you who's got a podcast that kind of deals with similar topics it kind of uh makes me happy because it kind of tells me that you know what you can carry on doing this and it's 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 limitless isn't it there isn't like cartoons ain't gonna run out <laughs> exactly yeah it's and never... uh, yeah exactly and you know nowadays i think it's very um you know um, it's very amazing that you're able to do this because um you know with people staying at home because of the covid-19 uh they're 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 demanding that they want to see or hear more stuff so that they can be able to pass the time whether they're at home or whether they're working um, I, I got a comment the other day from someone who uh, said, you know, thank you so much for posting up your stuff. Can you please continue doing it? Because, you know, it, it makes listening to your podcasts, um, you know, uh, a better experience while I'm out working and, it, you know, time goes quicker. So, yeah, I mean, I think that what we're doing right now, especially for those who are in desperate need for something to do, whether they're you know, out and about or whether they're at home and they were like, oh, what am I supposed to do? It's like, you know, we, you know, we, we try our very best to entertain with stuff that we like and we just have fun with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in terms of you and growing up, talk to me about that. What cartoons, TV shows were you watching? What, 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 what's your favorites? That's really hard to say because there are, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I'm a, I was born in 86, so I grew up with a lot of, um, you know, varied shows. Like when I was, I think like as far as back as I could remember, you know, like some of the earliest memories that I have is like watching, you know, episodes of Double Dare, You Can't Do That on Television, um, uh, Eureka's Castle, The Wonderful World of David the Gnome. And then like... Uh, you know, when, you know, there was even like stuff on the um, the Disney channel when, you know, they were starting to like become really popular. There was like the Disney afternoon started with like gummy bears and ducktails and tailspin and Darkwing duck and gargoyles and all that stuff. And then that was when Cartoon Network started. And then, you know, I started watching like space Ghost coast to coast. And I watched a lot of the Hanna-Barbera reruns um, and, you know, stuff on PBS. Uh, you know, there was like, uh, you know, either Sesame street or Mr. Rogers or, um, you know, Carmen, San Diego. And, uh, and then, you know, even with like, uh, like Fox for, or, you know, like stuff like the Spider-Man's or the X-Men or Batman, the animated series. Um, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, those are like some of the shows that I remember. And then obviously with like Nickelodeon, like, you know, you have the obvious, you have Doug, you have Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life, and then like the live action stuff, like such as Clarissa and uh, Pete and Pete and all that, uh, Salute Your Shorts, all that, you know, all those shows. So, you know, I would say that those were like my earliest memories. And then when I was about maybe 
nine or 10 years old. That was when Sailor Moon came out and I was like just infatuated with it. Uh, I only saw the first season because that's when I moved away. And then around the same time and like a, like a year later in 96, my cousin brought over his PlayStation and played Resident Evil. And that was when he introduced me to Dragon Ball Z. And that was when, you know, around my middle and high school years, I was just obsessed with anime. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, I just like, uh, there's, there's so many things that I just like, it's, it's hard to like, you know, contemplate. Do you know what I, I, I can so relate with that because obviously, yeah, you like you and I, we kind of doing like a, a podcast or shows about old school cartoons and you might think that you and I might have like a, a set, like top shows that we watch or we can kind of rank them from our favorites to our, I don't know, not least favorite but I don't think I can either. So if someone asked me, oh, hey, what was your favorites growing up? I would just be listing tons and tons of stuff, chucking shows at you, be like, um, yeah, you've, you've, you've told me about 20 shows, but which one is your favorite? It's like all 20 of them, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's your favorite child? I know, but it's like, you, I, can't, I, can't, I can't pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna talk about all of them and kind of put them all there. And if you remember it in terms of my podcast, if you remember it, then great. And if you didn't, like I've got loads of younger cousins who will be on like on my podcast and they'll text me going, I've never heard of these shows in my life. So when we did um Sailor Moon, so many people got back to me and were like, What's Sailor Moon? I've never heard of it in my life. <laughs> Well, which version did you watch? I'm curious. I watched the old version. Oh my god! <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Which dub? Oh, Japanese. Oh, the, okay, good. Okay, I thought you were like, oh, which old, which version? I was like, I, we saw the Deke dub, and I'm like, oh god, I yeah, feel so sorry for it you. Just you had um, I mean, because it had English subtitles, but okay, I'm okay, I'm, I'm, sure it you're, was you're the... fine, you're fine then, because uh, <laughs> you, you, because you, here's the thing, like when I first saw Sailor Moon, I saw the Deke dub, and you know, like. <laughs> Oh boy, the Deke dub. I mean, I know a lot of people they grew yeah. up with it and they know, you know, they know Usagi as Serena and they know um Mamoru as Darian and you know they you know they think no. that um you know Zoicide is a girl and you know that Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune were cousins. It's like, oh no, 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 that is not the case. Cause yeah, like I'm I'm not like I'm not gonna lie, like I I'm not like the biggest anime fan in the world and I and when I kind of when I was starting the the podcast and I was telling like friends, family, oh hey, I'm doing a podcast. What do you lot reckon about old school cartoons? And I remember I think one of my friends who she's French, she was like, oh, you you definitely have to talk about Sailor Moon. And I was like, what Sailor Moon? I've never heard of it in my life. She's like, what? <laughs> she's I like, mean, yeah, I, I can like, understand. She's like, if you're going to do a, a cartoon podcast and you don't know Sailor Moon, then you need to get to know Sailor Moon. And I just remember, and, and obviously when I'm looking for links to watch it, there was an option to watch like a, an English dubbed version. And Yeah, and most likely you probably went over to the Viz Media website, right? I think so, something like that. Yeah, but, um, because they have the access to watching every single episode of Sailor Moon, either in English or in Japanese. Wow. I think it was that, or it was another website, but I just... Crun went, maybe it was what? Crunchyroll? Might have been, yeah. And because I just thought I had to, in order to like really do the show justice, I have to watch the Japanese version and just have 
at most English subtitles. Yeah, that is a that, that's a great way to watch it, especially if you want to listen to, um, you know, Kutora Misurushi's uh, portrayal of, of Usagi slash Sailor Moon. But the newer dub that they have, the Viz dub, which they did about almost 10 years ago, if you can believe it, it is a much more accurate um, dub than the Deke dub that we had back in the 90s. But yeah, I mean, like either or, you know, either the Viz dub or the Japanese uh, version is the best way to watch the classic Sailor Moon. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually curious about if your friend seen Sailor Moon Crystal and what are her thoughts on it? Um, I would imagine that she did. Oh, Sailor Moon Crystal, that's the new version, isn't it? Because you know what, like initially, right, I started to watch Sailor Moon Crystal and I'm watching it thinking the quality is amazing. I'm like, were were they this advanced, like 1080p, like videos no. and everything? <laughs> and even like with the theme song and everything, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, 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 hang on a second. And then I kind of look back on it and even like the, the theme song was like a, a song, mm-hmm. like a, it was like a Japanese like girl group or something yeah and, yeah, it was a that, and that was when i thought okay something's not adding up here because i'm like this song came out in like 2011 and i'm supposed to be watching the show that came out in 1992 i think it was when sailor moon first dropped in japan and that was when i kind of went back and then i saw a completely different theme song and a completely different sort of like graphics and layout and pictures and what have you and i thought oh okay this is the sailor moon i need to be watching and the Sailor Moon Crystal is a completely not separate, but kind of like it's uh... it's it's the same it's the same um, yeah 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 same story. But the only difference is, is that Sailor Moon Crystal is sticking close to the Japanese manga, kind of like how Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood or Dragon Ball Z Kai was, in which you have to understand that you know we, I don't think we have this problem anymore. But back then, um. When it, when it came to like creating um, a show or based off of an, a popular manga, they would like pumping out stories every single week. And it would be at a point in which like, oh man, the manga chapter and the episode of the anime are, are like, they're, they're going on at the same time. So um, Sailor Moon would do a lot of filler episodes. They would be having episodes that have nothing to do with the manga or filler arcs in which like they would have like, 12 to 13 episodes that have absolutely nothing to do with it so that the creator of the manga would be able to catch up with everything. So um, Sailor Moon Crystal is essentially that um, it is the complete and uncut story from the manga and that, you know, there's no filler episodes, there's no episodes that derive from any other sources other than where the source material is. So it, it's a lot shorter because there's a lot there's practically no filler, and the animation style is different because in the first two seasons they aired Sailor Moon Crystal on Nico Nico, which is their, which is the Japanese equivalent of YouTube. It's, it was essentially like a web series, you know, it's like you know for the kids to watch on YouTube. And then season three they moved it to television where they had a bigger budget, and then they got uh, better story writers to kind of like uh, connect everything closer to the manga, and as a now we're um, waiting for the Sailor Moon Crystal movie to come out, which is focusing on the fourth season, which is going to be about the Dead Moon Circus and Chibiusa meeting up with Pegasus. So that's I'm actually looking forward to seeing it. I tell you what, right, with um, Sailor Moon, it struck a chord with me instantly. I really liked it for a show that I'd never even heard of, never mind seen. 
like doing it for the pod like there there have been times where we've done sort of cartoons and they haven't necessarily been great sure like with with sailor moon it was nothing could be further like i went i've actually gone back and i'm starting to to watch it again because it's like this this is all really really good the storylines are compelling i like the the fight scenes i like sailor moon as a character i like all the other girls as well so like neptune venus uranus i like the two little cats artemis and luna like everything about it because like when in terms of anime the only thing that i could have probably have told you was pokemon um dragon ball z and my hero academia yeah that's about it okay all three of them were were pretty good and i i pretty like i pretty much like them sure obviously to an anime expert they'd be like yeah that's probably it scratches the it barely scratches the surface oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean like you know sailor moon even though that it wasn't the first um magical show uh, anime like you know with girls becoming superheroes with using with magical powers it definitely was the one that kind of like kick-started it like a lot of people would be influenced by it um there was like uh card capture sakura would come out and then you know various others um you know, Dragon Ball Z was like the cornerstone of so many shonen anime that, you know, would be um, coming out over the past 15 years. Like people such as Irichio Oda or Masashi Kishimoto, uh, the creators of One Piece and Naruto, would be influenced Ooh, One Piece, by. I know that. I know yeah. One Piece. <laughs> I mean, it is like the biggest anime property ever. Like, it is the most popular anime in Japan. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were influenced by Akira Toriyama, who created Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And then they did their own shows. And then, you know, eventually, you know, the, the people who watched those shows were influenced by One Piece and Naruto, like the guy who created My Hero Academia. He was a huge Naruto fan as a kid. And then, you know, he started doing My Hero Academia. So it just kind of comes full circle about like, you know, influences upon influences. And, um, you, you know, with, with that told by Ginger, uh, you know, going back into that topic again, uh, Emily Kapnick was heavily influenced from her childhood. And uh, she watched a movie back in the late nineties um, that was called uh, welcome to the Dollhouse," which was essentially like, you know, a girl who was going through like the struggles of being a teenager surrounded by people and all that kind of stuff. And she wanted to put in those major influences into the show uh, the music was also a major key as well from like uh, atlantis morissette and garbage and various others um and also uh you know everybody who worked on the show had put in their little influences of their childhood like um eric casimiro who was one of the main pro- co-producers of his told by ginger i mean he essentially like um you know, put in his uh, childhood in there, like, uh, you know, moments from his experiences, like uh, gym class confidential where Hoodsy was um, afraid to get himself naked and take a shower. That was basically based off of Eric's life and experiences. Um, you know, Hoodsy was based off of a childhood friend and Carl was essentially himself. And um, Lois was based off of Emily's mother and, you know, the whole divorce thing was based off of her life in which she and her sister would be going back and forth between their mom and their dad. If you want to see the father's perspective, Emily Kavnick also created a show called Suburgatory, which is a great show, by the way, kind of, I mean, she calls it the spiritual successor to us told by Ginger if it was live action. 
So yeah, it's, it's actually interesting about how influences can, you know, come come and go so far. Do you know what's crazy? Because um, yeah. Paul, when we were talking about As Told by Ginger, he literally spoke about the uh, gym class confidential episode. Oh, really? And it was something that we could like relate to at school in this country in particular. Because I remember like when we used to do um, PE or gym class for you guys, we call it PE here. So physical education. And like when we used to like do swimming, like we would never have a shower at all. Like, and if we did, we'd still be like in trunks and 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 whatnot. And it wasn't. And and even like when you're getting changed and whatnot, you'd either go to the toilets and get changed, or you just like put a towel over and you know, over or under what have you. And it wasn't something that you just would get changed in front of everybody like that wasn't something that we we did in our in our school and it was something that resonated with with us when we were talking about that episode in particular so I'm glad you you kind of mentioned that because it just kind of brought me back to that particular Mm -hmm. sort of memory uh, at school yeah, like there's a lot of moments from As Told by Ginger that were based off of real life experiences. Like, for example, um, Come Back Little Seal Girl, if you remember that episode, the side plot where Carl wants to um, touch Mrs. Gordon, his teacher's mummified hand. And, you know, he wants to be able to see if it's cursed. Well, one of the co producers of As Told by Ginger, Kay Boutelier, um, her teacher had a mummified hand that they, you know, that would bring to school like every year. But it was said that, you know, she wasn't able to see it because she went on a family trip. So she just remembered her teacher mentioning that she, they were, she was going to bring a mummified hand. And, um, you know, other things such as like um, uh, with uh, Hello Stranger, for example, again, going into the story where Emily Kapnick, she went through, you know, her parents getting a divorce. And so she talked about her experiences of like, um, you know, with how she felt with her father not being around or her mother not being around, depending on what the situation was. So that self-isolation of not having like your whole family together. So yeah, there's like, um, yeah. And of course there are some things uh, from as told by Ginger that I, I know the influences or the inspiration behind it, but I actually can't tell people about it because it's kind of confidential, but I know the story behind um, the one episode uh, stuff will kill you where ginger gets addicted to caffeine. Uh, I know the the story about that, but again, I, I really can't say it because it's confidential, but um, yeah, like all those others, all those things like um, with the, the stuff that happened in ginger, and even with like Rugrats, for example, like when this when it was just starting out, you know, a lot of the people who were working on the show were just becoming parents themselves, and they were just um, implementing the idea about like what would happen if our uh, children were talking, like what would they say, what would they be thinking of. So that was essentially that, and they were just making fun of like a whole bunch of things that were going on at the time, like uh, you know the um, you know strong female empowerment, and uh, Doctor Lipschitz was essentially Doctor Spock, and everybody was just following him to the T without even thinking about their own intuition of being a parent or something like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it's just so interesting when looking back on a show, and it's like, oh, this is based off of this person's childhood, or this is based off of an experience that they had, or you know, uh, uh, you know, somewhere they grew up in. It's like I grew up in a similar place like that. So, yeah, it's really interesting to talk about. 
Yeah, and um, in terms of as told by Ginger, there was something I think you said in the interview with with Vice, and it, and it was something about like how people should be themselves growing up in school. And that was another sort of topic within As Told by Ginger that we spoke about on our podcast was that when you're growing up, or in my case, in my school, you couldn't really be yourself or kind of be a certain a certain kind of way that you're comfortable in. You had to conform to whatever the, the fashion or whatever the the culture was in your school. Otherwise, you'd you'd suffer greatly. And it's only when you grow up and you realize, damn, like you you can be yourself, but you, you don't kind of see that growing up. And that was something that you'd said that really, again, struck a chord with, with Paul and I, because we were like, yeah, that's so true. Like you, you, you can, like really and truly, you can be yourself when you're at school. And in the long run, that would serve you so much better than trying to be someone that you're not but at the time as an 11 year old kid you're just thinking or in my case was right just let me get through school so that no one will notice me and I don't I don't know get beat up in PE or something like that that's (laughs) the mentality that you're you're thinking you're not thinking oh be yourself that's what your parents will tell you, won't they? Because they'll be like, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And, and that then that context was for the episode "Comeback Little Seal Girl" because the uh, journalist was asking me about like, what are your favorite episodes and why? And one of them was "Comeback Little Seal Girl," and that was the episode in which when there's a talent show coming up and um, Macy wants to do the little seal girl, which is based off of. Um, uh, you know, a, um, a cartoon or a movie or something that they grew up with, and it was like considered childish and. Uh, when they were showcasing it to like the popular kids like Courtney and Miranda, they were like confused. They thought it was childish. And so Ginger and Dodie don't want to do it, but Macy is all up for it. She's like, I'm going to dress up in this seal costume and I'm going to sing the little seal girl. And Ginger and Dodie are like, no, you shouldn't because we want to do middle school things. And she's like, no, we're not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to conform to, you know, people, what they say. And, then we have obviously the most amazing scene in which when Macy is singing on stage, when the tape, yeah, remember what a tape is when it, um, <laughs> when, uh, you know, the, the, the cassettes, um, all the tape just gets destroyed. And now she has to sing the song on her own. It's kind of sad because I was interviewed by a podcast many years ago about like, they saw that scene as a clip on YouTube and they thought it was really dorky. And it's like, Oh, of course it looks dorky. If you remove the context, you have to understand, I mean, it's, a, it's essentially a very powerful moment where a person is confronting a fear that, you know, she's being surrounded by a whole bunch of people that think that she looks absolutely ridiculous. She's walking around in a seal costume and she's like doing this interpretive dance at first, but then when the tape runs out, you know, gets ruined, then she sings it and then she just, she just like pours her heart and soul into the performance and then she wins at the end. So... Yeah, it just goes to sh- yeah, it just goes to show you about like you know conquering your fears, just being yourself, and things will turn out well for you in the end. Yeah, because um, I think I'm 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 two years younger than you, so 1988 was when I was born, and I reckon like in terms of maybe it was obviously it's different because we're from two different countries, but like in terms of like growing up and 
I would imagine like school and like the way kids were were kind of similar in in the sense of yeah, I mean kids can be awful like now, really awful nowadays, and you've got like the whole social media because like what I'm trying to say is that we never had social media growing up, right? Like we never had Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. Don't even don't even ask me about TikTok. I don't even know what that. I mean, the about, only thing, really. the only equivalent that we had was like AOL Messenger. Yeah, MSN Messenger for us. But then even then, that came when I was like sort of sort of advanced into high school. But it wasn't like a case of we had that when we were like like early seven or high eight school. Years now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like it was kind of straightforward in the sense of if there was good things, bad things, whatnot, it will kind of be dealt with in the playground or at the school and you can kind of get on with it. Whereas now it's like you got the kids and you got the social media and you know, you try and tell a twelve year old kid now, hey, be yourself, man. It's 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 gonna work out. But you know, if 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 someone's gonna do like a performance of like dressing up as a seal and doing all of that stuff, then I'm not sure. If yeah, that's, uh... yeah. There was an episode that um, you know called TGIF, um, not to be confused with the ABC Friday Night lineup of the same name, um, where um, Ginger and Carl are going through different experiences of uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and um, it ends up with uh, their house being covered in mold, and they're being told to evacuate so they can be able to fumigate. And there's like all of these news reporters who are coming up to them and they're talking to them about like, what is it like living in filth and all that kind of stuff. And I, I even mentioned this in the We're In Between podcast where we were talking about that episode. It's like, oh man, it's got to be so embarrassing for Ginger because Carl and Lois, uh, Ginger's and Carl's mom, they're like perfectly fine with it. They're like talking about everything. It's like, oh, you know, um, Carl says like, oh, I want to be able to collect a mold so I can add it to my collection. And Lois is like, oh, you know, nothing out of the ordinary was um, out of place for the house, except that, you know, Carl's underwear was on the couch or something. And Ginger is like completely embarrassed uh, she is at that point in the episode where she's like, I'm embarrassed with my family. Why can't my family be like Courtney's? Because they're so nice and polite and all that kind of stuff. So I was saying in that episode, like, oh man, what would it be like if social media was around back then? Like her friends would like tear her to shreds saying like, oh, look at this. Look at her, you know, being kicked out of her house because it's dirty. Like she would have suffered greatly. Definitely. And uh going to ask you a, uh a tough question if you could give me your hmm your top five as told by ginger episodes oh that's not if, a tough if, one if... at all because i did that <laughs> list five years ago <laughs> oh okay great so yeah i was gonna say like in terms of listeners because like i think i'm beyond that point like i i definitely t- told listeners go out of your way and watch as told by ginger it is a a brilliant cartoon yeah but here's the thing, like, it, this is not one of those cartoons that you can just, like, watch any episode in random order. You can't do that. I mean, nowadays, you know, people are like, of course you can't do that. It's like, if you want to know the story of uh, Adventure Time or um, Steven Universe or, or uh, BoJack Horseman, where, you know, there's a continuing story arc. It's like, essentially do that for us told by Ginger, even though that show came out 20 years before any of those other ones did. Uh, I mean, for, um, you know, Adventure Time and Steven Universe, like, over, um, you know um a decade ago but you know what i'm saying 
But uh, yeah, uh, I will be more than happy to give you my top 15 as told by Ginger's episodes, no problem. So um, my number five is, uh, let's see if I can remember. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, I remember, yes. <clears throat> so my number five is, uh, obviously it's Comeback Little Seal Girl, actually. I was just talking about that. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh, what's my number five? It's like, oh yeah, that one show that I just yeah. went on and on about. It's like, oops. <laughs> Okay, so you already know about my thoughts thought, thoughts of that, so moving on. Okay, number four is actually the last episode of the series, which is called The Wedding Frame. Okay. Yeah, it's a... I know I know, episode, yeah. you, okay, you know that episode, so you're, you're not worried about me spoiling it. No. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, like, for our listeners, you know, uh, if you haven't seen the show, spoiler warning. Okay, so uh, The Wedding Frame is about um, Lois and Dr. Day finally getting married. And uh, Ginger is helping her mom plan for the wedding and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Carl and Hoodsy are in the middle of doing an investigation because they think that Dr. Dave is cheating on their mom with somebody else. Dr. Dave's mother wants to break up uh, Lois and Dr. Dave because she doesn't like Lois. And so she hires this, uh, person named Nikki Laporte to do it, which by the way, I mean, it's kind of shocking to think that there was a transvestite character in a, as told by Ginger, you know, story, because that's who Nikki Laporte is. I mean, we find wow. out at the end. Yeah. At the end of the, ep at, the end of, at the end of the movie, you know, it's not Nikki Laporte, it's Nicholas Laporte. So it was essentially like a man dressed oh. up in drag. Plot twist. Yeah, plot twist. So, yeah, there, and also, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of stories that are, you know, tangled in, such as, you know, Darren and Simone, and, you know, Darren having feelings for Ginger again, and Ginger contemplating on whether she should be with Orion or Darren. And then no. it finally leads. Yes. No. Because, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, like, in a bit about what I think of Ginger and Darren, but, like, what was he playing at? Okay, okay. Now, have now I know that you guys did actually see a lesson in tightropes, but did you guys see the other episodes that were leading up to it, like Heat Lightning and, um, you know the uh, you know detention and you know all the other episodes that were kind of leading up to it? Yeah, because I know that. Yeah, like I said, I know it was something that was building up, and it was something yeah. that came to a head which is how he intimated it like look this is it's been a, a it's long been really time rough coming. yeah yeah i mean like they were essentially going their separate ways like you know starting off with heat lightning where ginger was going back to you know camp caprice to you know instead of being like a um a camper she was actually there as being a camp counselor so she was going over there and thinking that, oh, you know, if I stay away from Darren for a while, maybe, you know, I'll start missing him. And that's when she reunites with Sasha again, her um, her ex uh, that we first got introduced to in the first time that she went to Camp Caprice. And <clears throat> then there was, um, uh, you know, other episodes that were kind of like, uh, you know, leading up like with the episode in which when they went over to the county fair and Darren is not having a good time because he's not enjoying any of the activities that they're doing. Then detention in which when Darren is going to be playing his first football game and then Ginger gets detention and uh, Ginger is like slowly not even remotely interested in, in football. She wants to do her music or her poetry and all that kind of stuff. And then, she, you know, they, you know, and then um, the episode that came out before A Lesson in Tire Robes where it focuses on Dodie and, you know, she starts learning that, hey, you know, um, these two are starting to 
hook up. And then she writes the letter to Darren saying, you need to make a decision on who you are going to be with. Are you going to be with Ginger or are you going to be with Simone? And he ended, and then that next episode, he ended up with Simone because it was much easier. And so then lead. And then we didn't see them again until like a, a few episodes later um, where they were constantly at each other's throats um, where, you know, it's called battle of the bands. If you don't know, uh, they, they were, you know, it's basically that, um, the band uh, f- fundings and money were being taken away so that the football team could get new s- stain-proof uniforms. And Ginger is helping Macy out because she wants to not only save the band, but she also wants to get revenge at Darren. And then it becomes more of being getting revenge at Darren. And, you know, they're starting to get into each other's throats and stuff like that. And then they start kind of like having a little bit of an agreement with each other. And then finally we get up to that final episode where Darren and Ginger, they think about like, oh man, um, do I love you? I mean, I'm starting to miss you now, especially when, you know, the Foutleys are going to be moving over to a new house because, you know, now that Dr. Davis, you know, he's a doctor and they actually have money, they can live in the same neighborhood where Courtney lives. And then Courtney loses all her money. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, the family loses all their money because of uh, bad investments from the father. And he gets arrested, and then they end up living in the same house that Ginger was living in. Oh, wow. Because, you know, I love Blake. He was yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah. He's he's my absolute favorite. So I don't, I don't want him to have bad fortunes. That, that, that kind of makes me upset a little bit because yeah Blake everybody and... was upset with it to be quite honest Blake... like oh no <laughs> why are Blake and Courtney suffering you know why yeah, yeah I mean a lot of people are still upset about that Blake was my guy man he was my guy <laughs> definitely I loved him he was he was great yeah and then um then it leads up to the wedding and there's all these like you know plot twists and reveals and all that kind of stuff and then finally we get to the last scene of the movie where Ginger's an adult and she's reading off her book and it shows off what everybody's up to, like Carl and Hoodsy are journalists and, um, you know, uh, we have um, Darren and Ginger getting married and they have a kid together. Yeah, it's true. Oh, and then Dodie marries Chet Zipper and they have a kid together. And then, uh, you know, Ginger's reading off her book, which is called As Told by Ginger, which is a series of stories, which is that that is the reason why the show is called As Told by Ginger, because throughout this entire time, Ginger was reading stories about herself in that book, um, you know, in that bookstore. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my mind is blown. Yeah. Come on. I'm serious. Anyway, so continuing on. So my number three, uh, you actually did discuss about this episode with Paul. um, And she was gone. You know, the episode where Ginger writes a poem and they think that she has suicidal depression. I love that episode. That was a cracking episode, that one. Yeah, it's a great episode, yeah. Yeah, and then that's when Carl meets up with Noel and they start having a thing together. So yeah, that episode is fantastic. It was nominated for an Emmy, but it lost to The Simpsons. So yeah, that's a great episode. Number two is uh, Hello Stranger. 
um no wait uh what what no was it the episode that yeah i think it was i think it was the episode that lost to the simpsons yeah okay so number two is hello stranger and uh, that was the episode i talked about briefly about like you know ginger wanting to connect with her father again and so she invites him over to a poem reading and she reads her poem in front of the whole school and she's hoping that he'll be there but he doesn't show up and then you know uh lois ends up in the hospital because she accidentally drinks carl's dehydrated sea snake think it was lemonade and then Carl got bitten by a monkey, and so he acts like a monkey. And, um, you know, they both end up in the hospital, and Ginger, you know, is hoping that her father shows up, and Lois orders um, flowers over the phone and writes that it's from her dad, but she knew that it was from her mom the entire time. And then uh, my my number one favorite episode is actually the third TV movie, which is called... Um, butterflies or free or no turning back as some countries call it but um, it's essentially the episode where everybody graduates Gra uh, ginger graduates from middle school and goes into high school and carl graduates from elementary school and goes into middle school the reason why it's my favorite is because i went through a similar experience i i saw this episode right around the the time in which i was graduating from high school and going over to college and, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of great things on that episode, like Ginger being afraid of moving on and changing and growing and Carl, um, you know, his teacher gives an assignment about like putting something in a time capsule and he puts in his petrified eyeball because, um, you know, he's kind of been pressured into like growing up and being mature. And, you know, Lois is preparing to lose weight for the wedding and, um, you know, all these things are happening. It, it's, it's, and also if you're, um, if you actually watch the TV movie, there's a, an appearance of a girl named Leandra. Uh, she, uh, appears just quickly. She was actually there because <clears throat> she contacted the Make-A-Wish Foundation because she was going through a severe case of leukemia at the time. And one of her requests was that she appears in an episode of As Told by Ginger. And she does appear there as a character. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, for Wearing Between, we actually had her on the show, and we talked about, like, what was your experience like, and how did you do that? And she tells yeah. us the whole story about it. It was, it was fantastic. Nice. You know what? I think in terms of the episodes that you mentioned, I'm going to go back and watch them, especially <laughs> the Wedding Frame one. Well, I mean, like, I would suggest that you do watch the episodes that lead up to that because then it would yeah, be yeah, yeah. Or it would be much more stronger context and you would appreciate it a lot more. Definitely, but like hearing what happens, like yeah. I am, I am, I am like I'm intrigued. I am, I'm like I, I want to know. I want, I, I want. Well, I know because you've said, but I want to, I want to see it for for myself. And um, I think um, what I just remembered when I was talking about Blake was I can't remember what the episode was. But I think he gets like one chest hair or something. Yeah, that's. I just remember um, how he was walking yeah. around. Yeah, that that's uh, that, that is, <laughs> that's from Stuff Will Kill You. That's the episode where Ginger starts getting addicted to caffeine, oh, and that's man. the yeah that, that's the episode where um you know Carl is trying to prove himself that he's not a bad kid anymore because in that episode butterflies are free that we talked about he wants to become more mature and yeah. so he doesn't cause as much trouble anymore but it's going to be hard for um teachers to be convinced it's like oh you know we we know about your records you've done all this bad stuff we don't trust you and then you know it even goes too far because the science teacher says that there's something incredibly deadly in his um you know refrigerator and carl sniffs it and he's like whoever <laughs> did it you know you have you have 48 hours to live and Carl's like, Oh no, I have to appreciate what I have now. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's great. 
It really is, but no, just I just it just remember just remembered now where he's just walking around with his like shirt out and he's just showing off that chest hair and he's like, Look at me, I've got the chest hair, I'm a man and, and, and walking around like that. I just just yeah, made me laugh. Great, I just thought yeah. that was uh, brilliant. I mean, in terms of episodes for me that gets honorable mentions, so like Wicked Game. Oh I, I, was... I, I hate that episode. I really liked it, but obviously I liked it because it was, again, like some of the the, the themes and some of the stuff that they're dealing with. Okay, the, okay, like, the themes, yes, that is true, but the follow up, the Easter ham, is a slap in the face because they never follow up on it. Did they not? Because I know it, it ended on the cliffhanger where exactly I think one of them is yeah, calling... the, the, the moment that the episode starts, they're friends again. And they mean they have a brief mention of it, like, oh, don't you know, you don't forget, Ginger, you know, Dodie did this thing to you. It's like that's all they mention of it. It is a slap in the face because you're oh, like, what happens next? Yeah. But they never bring it up again. Do they not? No. I'm surprised by that, to be honest. Because I, I would have thought, because in terms of this show, as told by Ginger, I felt that they respected the viewers a lot in terms of the storylines that they were dealing with, the fact that it was a cartoon where people were wearing like for me yeah, it, yeah, might, yeah. it might not be like the biggest thing in the world but like wearing different clothes for different episodes for me that is that's crazy to me yeah. like uh, it could show personality yeah, yeah, yeah shout out to eric casimiro who came up with that idea all right brilliant brilliant like you're you're top man for doing that and because yeah. it's like it's it's personality because obviously what you're wearing it kind of expresses who you are and and obviously, that's not something that I can relate with as a kid, because as kids, we had school uniforms. Like we, yeah, did, yeah, we sure. weren't allowed to wear what we want, so we couldn't really express personality except for expressing the logo on our on our school blazer, and that was yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like in that respect, I yeah, I it. yeah, um, we actually mentioned that episode when we talked about it with um the creator herself, Emily Kapnick. That was like the question that everybody wanted to know. It's like, why wasn't there a follow up? And then she was like saying, you know, because sometimes people they get over things really quickly. It's like, oh, you know, you're angry with a friend. Sometimes you just get over it and then you just move on. And I was like, okay, sure. I mean, I can understand some parts of it. It's like, oh, you say something mean and then you say, I'm sorry. And then you move on. But yeah. you know, that was going too far. But I mean, yeah, I felt that the execution did. should have been better. Yeah. Cause in terms of that, it's treachery. It's betrayal. Like they are going out of their ways to like split ginger and Darren up for yeah, something yeah. really, really petty. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, Casey and I, we discussed about it in detail in our uh, episode of uh, Wicked Game on We're In Between that yeah. I mean, they're doing something really stupid and petty just because they're not getting any attention from Ginger because she's dating Darren. But yeah, unfortunately, they don't really follow up on that in the la in the next episode onwards. It's like it really pisses a lot of people off that they never did it. No, that, that's 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 crazy because, um, no, because I remember reading it like in terms of like, you know, episode guides and what have you. And because um, I think Wicked Game, was that also nominated for an award? No, the episodes that were nominated for awards were Hello Stranger, um, there was And She Was Gone, and Lunatic Lake. Okay, no, 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 because I'm no teller like, because I remember reading I Saw by Ginger, and they were saying that obviously themes deal with this, that, and whatnot. And they were like, for example, 
in Wicked Game, they deal with treachery, betrayal, what have you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of read that from. And I just remember reading that episode and thinking, right, I've got to watch it because obviously it's been mentioned. And I remember reading the episode guide for the next episode and I, and I couldn't find anything where... Um, there That's was because there isn't. Yeah. That's because there isn't. But I, but I just kind of it, thought in the back of my mind, you know what, it's probably going to be in like the next couple of episodes down and... No. And obviously part of my pod is that we're not going to watch every single episode, chapter and verse. It's going to be like a, a an overview, but a good overview where we have a, a strong idea of what the show is about, what the characters are about. And we'll try and watch as much episodes that reflect our analysis. And sure. yeah, it was it was something that, yeah, they didn't really follow up on which is um it, it, it's, yeah, a, it's a real shame honestly yeah. but i mean i can understand where emily was coming from in terms of like oh you know some people they just move on and they they, they just forget about it which you know i mean like you know that's that's her opinion and you know she's the creator so if yeah. she feels that way good for her but pretty much everybody else in the fandom was like no there, there should mm-hmm. it should have been done better but anyway 100%. but that's but that's beside the point um yeah i continue with your honorable mentions Sorry, and um, No Hope for Courtney was uh, another one that stuck out to me because obviously Kathleen Freeman. Oh, uh, yes. Um, who plays the, um, who did Mrs. the voice for Mrs. Gordon, yeah. And the the ending of that really hit me because it was like, obviously, Carl was trying to make peace with her because he was like, I want you back. You're kind of yeah. like, um, you're, you, I need you in my life because you're like the... My, I don't know the butter my, to my biscuits. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was in that in in that sense, and it was like I remember even watching it, where he's like to her, "Look, please come back," and she smiles. So I'm thinking, oh, she's gonna come back. It's gonna be great. It looks like they've uh, patched things up. But then obviously I don't know Kathleen Freeman. I didn't know. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, originally they were supposed to have that ending in which, like, Mrs. Gordon was going to come back and everything was going to go back to normal. Yeah. But then she died of cancer and then they had to change the ending. Yeah. So, and I'm watching that ending where they're like, when I think one of the teachers comes in, it's like, yeah, sadly, Mrs. Gordon has passed away and you can kind of hear the, it just going, like, fading. You can hear the audio fading and, like, Carl just looking absolutely devastated and they're saying, oh, there's going to be a memorial service next week or at the weekend or or something like that. So I'm watching that and I'm like, oh, no. And then I think they do like In Love and Memory of Kathleen Freeman. Yeah, yeah, they do. The... Which is actually great because I'm glad that they were able to take a severe risk like that. Because if you remember, like during the time of shows like Rugrats and even uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, where they would have voice actors who passed away like... Um, you know, the guy who voiced Grandpa Lou, you know, they, you know, he passed away around 97. And so they got another person, uh, the guy who played as Iroh, uh, you know, he passed away, you know, like right towards, you know, the end of season two. And then he was replaced with another voice actor. But here they did not get a voice actress to replace Mrs. Gordon. You know, once the character, um, you know, was showcased and it was voiced by this person and they, you know, if the person died, then that was it. I mean, they never brought it, they, they, they never brought that character back. Same thing happened with uh, another character, um, Mr. Celia, who was the science teacher who was shown up in the episode, The A-Ticket and Peace of My Heart. He died um, as well. And, you know, they didn't bring his character back and then they replaced it with the science teacher who doesn't like Carl in the Stuff Will Kill You episode because 
you know, that would have been the teacher that Carl would have been with um, had, you know, the actor who voiced him would have been alive. Yeah. But no, that was, um, yeah, those were like the ones that I watched and I really, really liked. And this was something that we were kind of talking about in terms of As Told by Ginger, because like for me anyway, like growing up, Rugrats was elite. It was like royalty in terms of like cartoons and Klasky suppose like sort of I think like it's up there as one of one of his best in my opinion and and we was kind of deliberating whether as told by Ginger could be considered on that level and talking to you now like even when I was watching it and and, and I didn't watch a great deal of episode maybe I watched like maybe six or seven out of the whole series and and from that conclusion that I've drawn from it's like it's definitely up there for me I think As Told by Ginger is as elite as some of the other cartoons that I remember growing up that I like. Yeah, out out of the classic Chupo Nicktoons, it's my favorite. I think it's even better than Rugrats, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The more more I watch of this, the more I'm convinced of it. Because I think Rugrats will always have a a special place in my heart. Because it came out when I was pretty much a kid myself. And it's one of those where you can kind of emotionally invest yourself in as a kid and and, and, it, and it's never, that sort of infatuation has never really gone away. Whereas As Told by Ginger, I'm watching this now, really, for like the first time, because obviously doing, doing my pod and I'm watching it and I'm like, I loved everything about it. I loved the theme song. I loved the characters. I loved how it was done, the stories that they would tell. Like I said before, they they respect viewers because they're telling you, look, if you're in the seventh, eighth, ninth grade, you're probably also going through these similarish sort of things. And like high school isn't this lovely trip of happiness and 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 you're gonna make all the friends in the world and you're gonna be super popular and you're gonna do this and that and whatnot. Whereas as told by Ginger was like, yeah, these are ordinary people who just wanna get through middle school and then high school and and so on and so forth and i really really i really that's the thing that i really liked about about that show yeah absolutely and i think that um for a lot of people when they saw it more recently because i mean i I guess they're kind of like similar i i hear your story so many times in which i didn't see the show when it first came out because it didn't appeal to me you know, SpongeBob was more my show, or The Fairly Odd Parents was more my show, or or if Rugrats or whatever. It's like I can understand why it didn't appeal to a lot of people because it's a show that you know is not gearing towards making you laugh. It's not a show that is constantly filled with gags and adult jokes. It's it's not a SpongeBob. It's not a. Um, you know, um, anything like that. So, you know, the fact that it was a lot more grounded than your traditional Nicktoon, I guess a lot of people just didn't really understand it. I mean, even if they were to watch, they'll be like, oh man, this is so boring. It's like, you know, this show is not making me laugh. I mean, I don't even want to watch this. I mean, I remember when I was doing my video on As Told by Ginger and Why It's a Groundbreaking to Overlook Nicktoon, one of the complaints that I've actually did see from people, it's like, uh, you know, I want to see cartoons as an escape. Like, I want to watch something action-packed. I want to see something funny. I don't want to see something that I just went through a, a few hours ago. Like, why would I want to watch, you know, these kids going to school when I just came back from school? I mean, they're, you know, people who don't like Doug and Hey Arnold say the same thing. It's like, these kids are going to school. It's like, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch Batman. So, 
Yeah, I think it's a show that you could appreciate when you're older. And uh, another thing is like because it was so grounded in a time in which when a lot of cartoons were being like more, you know, gag based or more humorous. I mean, unless it was like an anime or something. But even then, anime was becoming a lot more action packed, like Inuyasha or um, Yu Yu Hakusho or anything like that. I mean, like there were some slice of life cartoons. I mean, you know, Azumanga Dayo is a great example of that. But that's more for making you laugh as opposed to like being like so incredibly grounded with realism. But um, I think that a show like Ginger works somewhat nowadays as opposed to when it came out 20 years ago. I think so, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a show that came out at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, I I do think it was slept on. We said that on the pod, like it was people slept on the show as as growing up. I did. Because I remember when it used to come on TV and whatnot, I used to just flick the channel. Not because I thought, oh, I'm not going to like it. Or I I just thought, what? What's this program like? It's not, it's not Hey Arnold. It's not Rugrats. It's not any of them like sort of higher up or like elite kind of shows at that, at that time. And I think when it sort of come out again, it was like, I'm like early teens. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be, it's not going to be like a, a topic of conversation in my school at the playground going, Oh, did you watch Just Told by Ginger? And you're like, were you watching kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? So that yeah, was like, a- like nobody would even understand it. It's like when I was in uh, the show came out when I was in high school and everybody was getting into invader Zim and they were like, Oh, you know, remember that episode where, you know, Zim was just so um, obsessed with um, trying to get a hold of Dib so that he can be able to insert something into him or, you know, remember the episode where he just had this giant Zed and it was like controlling a whole bunch of people or something like that, like really weird stuff. Or, you know, when Gur put his mind into the house and he was like craving for tacos and they controlled the house and it ran all over the place. So, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say for Ginger. It's like, oh, yeah, remember that episode where Ginger almost died from an appendix burst? That was great, wasn't it? Or, you know, oh, oh do you remember that episode in which when, you know, Carl's teacher died? Or, oh, uh, do you remember that episode in which when, um, you know, Macy is going through, um, you know, issues involving with her parents because her parents don't pay attention to her? They forgot her birthday and now they're treating her like a four-year-old to make up for all the years of neglect that they did. That was great, wasn't it? <laughs> that is not something that you talk about in the schoolyard, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean... I think one thing I did notice, obviously we talked about before, was um, Hey Arnold, The Jungle. So I take it you're a big Hey Arnold fan? Mm-hmm. So um, I can count on you, like, whenever we talk about Hey Arnold, I can I can get you one, right? You can Absolutely, hey yeah. Arnold. Sure. You're booked, kid. You're booked <laughs> for, for Hey Arnold. So um, in terms of Hey Arnold, do you have a top list of episodes? I do, because I also did a top 20 list as well. <laughs> so yeah, top five Hey Arnold episodes, go. Oh, and, I'll, yes. and I will try and do mine as well. So Okay, okay. Well, Pressure's on both of us. <laughs> so there you go. That's okay, that's okay. But yeah, um, it's... Um, it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned about like, yo, you know, what are your top five favorite episodes of Hey Arnold? Because I remember when um, I was doing Hey Arnold back in 2016 and I was like, oh, um, you know, Patricia, you know, uh, I, I want to, you know, after you do your um, history of Hey Arnold, the jungle movie, talk about your favorite episodes. And I was like, well, I was planning on doing that anyway, but you know, since you asked, sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I love to. So yeah. So uh, let's see if I can remember what it was because it was a, a while ago. Um, okay. So number five, is uh, Helga on the couch. 
I love that episode. Yeah, that that's actually Craig Bartlett's personal favorite. Love that episode. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, uh, it is the episode where Helga is being brought over to a therapist because they believe that she's going through severe anger issues when she punches Brainy in the nose and throws spitballs at Arnold. And then we get to know more about her backstory. We get to know about how her parents neglect her, about how she's being overshadowed by her perfect sister sister Olga and how she um, has a crush on Arnold and she can't tell him. And, you know, her and Miss Bliss have this really great chemistry together. And, um, you know, seeing Helga's uh, story being unfolded was so amazing because, I mean, we kind of knew that she was going through these, but the fact that we had an, an entire episode dedicated to that, it was just amazing. Okay. So uh, my number four is false alarm. A uh, very classic uh, season one episode of Hey Arnold, uh, for those who don't know what it is. Uh, so the fire alarm is being pulled at PS118, and they think that Eugene did it. And so um, they essentially pull off a 12 Angry Men in which they gather up a group of kids who are the jurors, led by Arnold. And everybody thinks that Eugene is guilty, except for Arnold. And he points out the rational reasons on why Eugene didn't do it. Because all of those evidences that they find, such as the pencil and the footprints uh, and the peanut butter, all of those things could have been easily put in. And, you know, Arnold is right. Somebody else actually did frame Eugene because of revenge. And so, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, that great episode, by the way. Uh, fantastic. Uh, for those who are interested in checking it out. Um, my number three is Arnold's Christmas. Man, that that gets me all kinds of emotion. Well, I'm not even going to front. Like, that is just gets me right here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great episode. I actually did an entire video of that separately for, for those who want to know more in depth about why Hey Arnold's Christmas is such a great episode. Um, you know, discussing about like Mr. Wynn's backstory about the Vietnam War and having to give Mai over to the um, to the government and to the soldiers so that she can be able to re-raise safely and Arnold and Gerald going over to uh, see if they can find Mr. Wynn's uh, daughter and Helga trying to find the perfect gift for Arnold and her having to give up the Nancy Spumoni snow boots so that, you know, Arnold can be able to give the gift for Mr. Wynn and all that stuff. It's, it's such an emotionally packed episode and there are so many articles and people discussing about why it may be the best Christmas special ever made um, Asian yeah. Americans like were heavily influenced by it there's a great N MSNBC article about it um, yeah I mean this episode has touched a lot of people it, it's incredibly amazing um, number two is Pigeon Man uh, it's a fantastic episode uh, about the the mysterious pigeon man who lives up on the roof and is surrounded by pigeons. And, um, you know, Arnold's pigeon is sick and he needs to go over there to Pigeon Man to see if he can cure him. And it turns out that Pigeon Man is actually a really nice guy. It's just that he's just surrounded by um, birds because he likes birds and people he just doesn't understand because they think he's weird. And so meanwhile, you know, while he's b being with Pigeon Man, you know, uh, Harold and, uh, you know, Stinky and Kerr, um, Joey, I meant, sorry, Joey, yeah, minor character. He's the black kid with like the, um, the punched eye and the miss missing tooth. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they, they think that, oh, uh, why don't we go over to Pigeon Man and mess around with his stuff? And then things got out of control and then his whole place is destroyed. And then Pigeon Man is just so distraught and... Um, 
you know, that whole uh, beautiful scene in which when Pigeon Man is flying away and, you know, he's saying like, uh, you know, I'm going to go away where birds need me. It's such a beautiful moment. And and if and for those who are listening, it's like, oh, uh, Patricia, why don't you talk about, you know, the deleted thing where Pigeon Man was originally supposed to commit suicide? It's like, no, that is false. That- Whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently there was like some sort of creepypasta thing that was spread around for years that people thought it was real, that the original ending was that Pigeon Man was so upset that you know his house was destroyed and that his pigeons were gone that he killed himself which is not true by the way it is not true craig bartlett himself and i'm going to quote what he said you know um i don't know i mean i don't know if you allow explicit terms but go for it he said it was complete bullshit His (laughs) his words not mine and that's why, and that is the reason why in the Jungle movie, Pigeon Man shows up in a cameo in the, in you know the bell towers of Notre Dame. That's why he's there because fans would not shut up of the fact that, oh, um, Pigeon Man was supposed to kill himself. Nickelodeon wouldn't allow him to do that. It's like no, that's not true. But uh, yeah, the yeah. So Pigeon Man is a fantastic episode. It's so emotional. It's so. Um, unbelievably memorable. I mean, like they're one-off characters. They're they just they're you know people still remember them just as fondly as like the characters who've been around in the series. People remember Stoop Kid and Pigeon Man and Monkey Man and you know all these characters. People remember them for a reason because they're so complex. And um, my number one is a bit of a cheat. Uh, I because I have two episodes in there, but they're kind of similar. My favorite episodes are Parents Day slash The Journal. The yeah, reason- I knew you were gonna say that. I'm predictable. (laughs) Yeah, so the reason why they're my favorite episodes is because uh, this is the first episode that introduced us to Arnold's parents. And it shows us that, you know, Arnold's parents were, you know, there were um, explorers, there were doctors, they helped out the green eyed people. And, um, you know, they had this great adventurous life together. And, you know, with Parents Day, it focuses on, you know, it's Parents Weekend and they're having this competition and Big Bob is being his usual jerky self saying like, oh, you know, uh, we're not going to let some orphan and his ancestors defeat us in this competition. And, uh, you know, Arnold is like really devastated because, you know, he doesn't, you know, he, he says that I don't have real parents. I just have my grandparents. And so that's when his grandpa tells him the true story of his parents, because he would always make up stories like they were circus performers or, um, you know, there were, you know, all these kind of crazy things that were completely made up. And um, then, of course, it leads up to, um, you know, the competition and then them, you know, um, you know, doing very well. And then they defeat Big Bob, but they don't win the competition. But at least Big Bob didn't win. Um, but it, it ends on a really nice note with um, Arnold having that great dream where he sees his parents playing and then he flies up into the sky thinking that there's just a little bit of hope. And then the journal, it goes more in deep with, um, you know, his parents' backstory. We get to see how they first meet. We get to see, um, you know, the, uh, more details on the green eye people. We get introduced to La Sombra. Um, we learn about El Corazón, which is the sacred artifact that belongs to the green eyed people. We see Arnold being born where he stopped the volcano. And, you know, Arnold's uh, first year with his parents, and then they eventually have to go back. And then finally, it leaves on a cliffhanger with Arnold finding the map to his um, you know, to where his parents were last left. And 
you know, I, I remember when you know, before the Jungle movie came out, I remember just being so upset with that uh, that ending because I knew it was never going to happen. But then finally it did. And now, I, I, you know, every time I finish watching the journal, I have to pop in the Jungle movie so I can get more context and saying like, okay, Arnold, Arnold is going to find his parents and everybody's going to live happily ever after. So at least I'll be happy as opposed to being like, oh man, I wish that would have happened. Oh, I'm so sad now. Yeah. I mean, my top five is very similar to yours. I think there's only one different one. So my number five was Summer Love, a.k.a. The Beach Story. Oh, I yes, really yes. like this episode. It kind of explores Helga and Arnold. And it kind of shows that Helga you know, genuinely cares for him and is like, looking out for him because obviously the girl that's trying to like make Arnold build this sandcastle with him. She's oh, Summer, yeah mugging him off and Helga's trying to warn him and then Arnold's like, oh, whatever, leave me alone, leave me alone. And then you have, like, the the backstory of where Bob and Miriam, you had, like, one of them being really excited and then the other one not being excited and then the roles reverse, where I think Bob gets, like, a massive sunburn and then Miriam has to, because um, Miriam goes to, like, a dance class and she's having, like, a time of her life. And then you got, I think, Grandpa stuck on this island somewhere, and he's trying to trying to figure his way out. So that was, uh, I really like that one. My number four is Helga on the couch. Again, such a good episode. Get to know Helga more. Get inside her head. Number three for me was Arnold's Christmas. Again, Helga, star of the show. She's just brilliant. Honestly, if I'd ever met a girl like that, I'd marry her in in a heartbeat because that is like that is like true love there. Like the the sacrifice she made and the way she just stands outside his house like Merry Christmas, Arnold. It's just like, oh, just lovely. And then my number two and number one is the journal and parents' day. I think in terms of the whole story about his parents. I mean, spoiler alert, guys, Arnold's parents are alive and well. And I, while while Parents' Day broke my heart because it's like Arnold finding out about what really happened to his parents, the plane that they were supposed to come back on wasn't discovered and, and whatnot. They just basically turns out that they were all in a in a slumber, in a in a deep sleep. Maybe I'm doing the Jungle movie a, a disservice a little bit, but yeah, for me, I just felt that. Yeah, I, I thought that they told that story. It, it it was very heartbreaking, but there was a a resolution almost. And even with the journal, when I think the way the journal ends, he's like, "Grandpa, Grandpa, I found it, I found it," and you're like, that little bit of intrigue was nice to have, and. The fact that they went and decided to close it all up and have his parents alive. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just a, a big old cynic and I didn't like <laughs> the, whole, the whole beautiful, happy ending. And I don't know. Well, but, um, I mean, yeah, that was uh, my... Um, well, I actually, um, Aaron and I, we actually did a um, uh, the pros and cons of the Jungle movie. Part three is coming. Please stop asking me about that. But uh, one of the things that we mentioned about the ending of the Jungle movie was that it was supposed to be a completely different ending if they would have done it when it originally came out in 2004. Yeah. 
So um, Steve Vixton, who was one of the writers of Hey Arnold, he wrote some of the best episodes of the series. He wrote uh, episodes such as like Stoop Kid and um, all those episodes. And he also was a um, uh, the voice actor of Oscar Kokoschka. Uh, he originally wanted to have Arnold's parents killed off. Yeah, so he thought that it was way too unrealistic that Arnold's parents would have been gone for so long and they didn't do so much as, like, give a letter or a phone call. It's like, yeah, they're dead. So that was originally the ending. But I think because it had been, like, 15 years since, you know, Arnold was off the air and, you know, that Craig Bartlett was like, yeah, we can't do that ending because it's going to be like a... Uh, you know, a bittersweet ending for those who have been wanting to see it for so long. I guess, I mean, you know, the, the ending to Samurai Jack, the season five ending. Oh, no, I've, I've never seen Samurai Jack. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say it then, but yeah, there's a, okay. So for those, for those who, um you know, are familiar with Samurai Jack and see the end of season five, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say anything further than that, but yeah, it was essentially like, oh man, like it ended like that and it's so bittersweet and sometimes it will be like anticlimactic or unsatisfying. So Craig didn't want to do that. He wanted to have a, a satisfying ending because it had been so long and he knew how hard that the fans had been pushing this movie because Nickelodeon didn't want to do it. It was because of fan demand for the past you know, almost 10 years that they wanted to see it. So that's why we have the ending that we do. Okay. Well, I, I guess, I guess that's, that's, that's fair enough. I just felt for me in terms of, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a cartoon, isn't it? I'm sure if they wanted to bring people back from the dead or alive or whatever, they could, they could do that. But I mean, at least we get to, at least we know Arnold's surname. That's one of the major pluses sure. I thought about the film. <laughs> sure. And I love how obvious it is and how obvious it's not. Because obviously, Grandpa, what's he calling him? Hey, short man. Hey, short man. But yeah, well, I mean, like, old. yeah, but it, it's pronounced short men. So Shortman, it's kind of, yeah, yeah it's Arnold Shortman. So, it, I mean, it, the, he, he hmm, first revealed, yeah. he first revealed it in, um, in a chat from a Hey Arnold fan website a long time ago where he revealed like, yeah, his name is Shortman. And they were like, what? Really? That's it? Because <laughs> I remember like when they were showing um, the passport, I just thought, oh my God, they're going to blank it out. They're, they're never going to tell us his surname. And it was like right almost at the beginning of the film, it's like Arnold Shortman. And you're like, oh my God, that's his name, Shortman or Shortman. Yeah, you're just thinking you don't as a as a kid. If you're watching it, you're not going to put two and two together. You're not going to think. Yeah, I mean, he he kind of like made a hint to it, like a um, play on and, words. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. He kind of like made a hint, and it's like, oh, it's something that Grandpa Phil says all the time, and it's like, oh, it's short, man. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, but but it was still pretty, um, you know, funny. Like seeing all the reactions from people, it's like, yeah, that was that was actually hilarious. But yeah, those are great choices for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, honestly, I reckon we we could be talking about cartoons and and, and TV yeah, shows yeah. all day long. Pretty much, and uh, yeah, I think um, I'll, I'll I'll bring the chat to an end. But honestly, thank you so much for sitting down and shooting the breeze about cartoons. Really, it was. I oh, really thank you for having me. Really appreciate your time, and I think it's safe to say that this is not going to be the last we hear from you. Oh, thank you. And so, Patricia, where can we find you on the socials? 
Yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, my Facebook is facebook.com slash oldschoollame. Twitter is patty underscore b underscore Miranda. YouTube.com slash oldschoollame. Uh, you can listen to my podcast on um, Anchor, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, or you can listen to it on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for having me over. And uh, we'll speak to you real soon, Patricia. Thank you so much for for talking with me. Oh, thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, hopefully when we do talk, the world is going to be a lot less grim <laughs> and... Hopefully we'll be a lot in in a better position in terms of where we all are with this uh, pandemic. So right, uh, definitely. So uh, you take care and we'll speak soon. All right. I'm sure you're missing yesterday's capers, but you can listen to past episodes wherever you get your podcast from. And you can follow us on the socials. So on Instagram, it's yesterday's capers one. I'm on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. On Twitter... I'm Abdullah Molim, all one word. And you can follow Yesterday's Capers on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. So give us a follow, like, share, subscribe, do all of that. And we'll be back really soon with more Yesterday's Capers. Mm-hmm.